Well, welcome. I'm Doug Shoemaker from Mercy Housing, uh, California. I'm pleased to be here with our partners from Episcopal Community Services and all the other partners in the room. Um, to start, we'd like to begin the program by recognizing that we are gathered on ethno-historic tribal territory, the indigenous Ohlone tribe. We recognize the importance of this land and welcome Andy Galvan, a member of the Ohlone Indian tribe, to say a few words. Thank you, Andy. Good morning. Horshe Tuhi Kanarakat Andrew Galvin. Good day in my native Ohlone language. My name is Andrew Galvin. I'd like to thank you for inviting me to come to this event to welcome you to my homeland. This is the village of Yalamu. We acknowledge that we are gathered on the unceded ancestral homelands of the Ohlone Indians, who are the original inhabitants of this area that we today call the city and county of San Francisco. As the indigenous stewards of this land, in accordance with our traditions, the Ohlone Indians have never ceded, lost, nor forgotten our responsibilities as caretakers of this place, as well as for all peoples who reside in our traditional territories. We welcome you as guests, and we are grateful that all of you gathered here today offer your respect by acknowledging our ancestors, elders, and relatives of the Ohlone Indian community and by affirming our sovereign rights as First Peoples. And as my father would say, you can stay on one condition. <laughs> that is that you are good. Thank you. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you. Oh, forgot who I was. All right, I'm pleased to be able to introduce uh, as our next speaker, Keith Eastland, who's the chair of the board of ECS, but our Episcopal Community Services. But before I do, I just want to say um, what an incredible pleasure it is to work with ECS. Um, Mercy and ECF have now done countless projects together. We collaborate, conspire. Um, we've shared staff back and forth, as you'll hear about later. And I, I think there is no fine organization in San Francisco working on, on the issue of homelessness. And it's a pleasure to be, to be here and to introduce Keith. Thanks so much, that, that's wonderful. And as said, I'm, I'm Keith Giesel and I'm the uh, board chair of ECS. Is this, I can, I can just talk this way if that helps. Is this on? Okay. Um, and it's just, I'm here representing ECS today because unfortunately our executive director, Beth Stokes, couldn't be here with us. Um, but thank you, everybody, for coming. Uh, this is, uh, by the 2023 is ECS's 40th anniversary, and we're thrilled to be celebrating that with the grand opening of 1064 Mission. Uh, ECS has been at the forefront of our community's efforts to address homelessness, uh, and developing permanent supportive housing is the cornerstone of the multifaceted work that we do. Um, and we know that the only way to solve homelessness is to create homes that allow people to live in dignity, safety, and comfort. Since the opening of Can and Kip Community House, our first permanent supportive housing project in 1994, ECS has expanded, with a lot of help from Mercy and others, our housing portfolio to nearly 2,000 supportive housing units across San Francisco. And 1064 Mission is our largest and most comprehensive one to date. In addition to providing 256 safe and stable homes for formerly homeless seniors and adults, 1064 Mission provides a level of on-site supportive services that far exceed those found in most permanent supportive housing. Uh, these include on-site behavioral health services, an on-site clinician team from the St. Anthony Foundation, that provides our residents with a health home and patient-centered nursing care. 
and an in-home supportive services hub operated by Homebridge that offers extra support to our residents with disabilities. 1064 Mission also incorporates a new 6,000 square foot commercial kitchen for ECS's social enterprise program called Conquering Homelessness Through Employment in Food Services. And if you kept up with the acronym, that's CHEFS. The new CHEFS kitchen will accommodate up to 360 students per year, training them with skills needed to, op to obtain employment in the food services industry. The ample community services, ample community spaces, including the wonderful landscaping that you see here, and on-site services at 1064 Mission redefines excellence in permanent supportive housing and embodies what we as a community are capable of when we work together to pool resources and implement innovative strategies for the common purpose of supporting our most vulnerable neighbors. Many amazing people and organizations have had a, had a hand in this project's success, including Mayor Ed Lee's initial vision for it, Mayor London Breed's strong support, Speaker Emerita, Pelosi, our former District 6 Supervisors, Assembly Member Haney and Jane Kim, State Senator Scott Weiner, leaders at several important city departments, including the Department of Homelessness and Supportive Housing, uh, the Department of Public Health, and the Mayor's Office of Housing and Community Development, our service provider partners, Homebridge and the St. Anthony Foundation, our financial partners, Century Housing, National Equity Fund, and Chase Bank, our construction partners, Cahill Contractors, Factory OS, Herman Colliver Locus Architecture, Loney Architecture, and Miller Company Landscape Architects and many others who help this, this project come to life. It really takes an entire community to come together to build a community. I'd especially like to recognize and thank our entire ECS team who worked so long and hard on this, and in particular, Rebecca Gigi, our housing development project manager who quarterbacked this project, President Doug Shoemaker and his incredible team at Mercy Housing California, and so many others. Housing is the solution to homelessness, and we at ECS look forward with your help and support to expand the model of 1064 Mission to other parts of the city and, and perhaps even beyond. And now, please welcome our district supervisor who lives right down the street, Matt Dorsey. Thank you so much, everybody. So I'm the, I'm, my name is Matt Dorsey. I am the new supervisor. I live a block away. So welcome to my neighborhood and welcome to my district. You know, whenever, uh, as a relatively new elected official, when I'm at a, a, in an unveiling or a ribbon cutting, I always feel like a, a little bit of a, it's like an imposter syndrome. I think I, I was describing myself at one event as the Rosie Ruiz of this project. And for those of you who don't know the the obscure reference, Rosie Ruiz won the 1980 Boston Marathon until they realized that she jumped into the race a half mile before the finish line <laughs> and took the credit for it. So I want to give thanks to my predecessors who were mentioned, Supervisor Jane Kim and Supervisor Matt Haney. Um, I'd also want to say, uh, you know, I want to say thanks to, to our, our partners uh, at the federal government, for, you know, without whom this wouldn't have been possible, um, and obviously Mercy Housing and ECS and all, everybody who was thanked, and I don't want to start naming names because I don't want to leave folks out. Um, in this morning's Chronicle, this, this project was praised as a game changer and something that gives people hope. And, and I am proud to represent a district that I think in so many ways represents what 21st century urbanism is. Uh, so much of what we're doing in District 6 is what San Francisco is going to look like more and more over the next century to come. And I think this is one great example of that. It is housing, it's supportive services, it's being, it, it is an understanding that supportive services doesn't reflect a model that in decades past was about containment. Instead, this is about community, about all of us being together and fulfilling the promise of what real mixed use is supposed to be as part of 21st century urbanism. So that is what I'm really proud to represent. 
um, as a District 6 supervisor, and this is a great example of it. Congratulations, and thanks so much for inviting me to be a part of this. All right, super. Thank you, Supervisor. Good to be at all these with you. It is true that there's a tremendous amount happening in your district. You have a lot to be proud of and, and, and more to do, obviously. Um, I want to acknowledge that we have Assistant Chief Lazar here with us, Shereen McSpadden, who runs the hardest job. Maybe this, you guys can compete for the two hardest jobs uh, of the Homeless and Supportive Housing Agency, and Eric Shaw with the Mayor's Office of Housing and Community Development, which is also a hard job, just pales in comparison to these two. Um, we have, um, we have a lot of great folks in the room, so I, I, I'll just say, I'm sure we're not going to mention everybody, but I do want to call out some of the folks that made this project happen on a more personal level. I don't know if Sharon Christian's here, uh, Barbara Gualco, Evelyn Perdomo from our team. I just want to thank all the Mercy folks that are here. Um, uh, and uh, other than clapping for me, I would like you to hold your applause. Uh, so. Um, but the, the fabulous folks at the Mayor's Office of Housing, Mara Blitzer, uh, Ann Romero, Harry Wong, they really made this possible. They had a vision for this site, and um, without them, we wouldn't be here. And the same is true of the HSH folks. It took a lot to get people into this building. The lease-up was not uh, – all Mercy lease-ups are condensed. You know, I think that's, that's just sort of – we always say we're going to give, like, our management team many months to lease-up. This one wasn't ours. It was Caritas' the lease-up. But they did a fabulous job, and I can see they're doing a great job of the building. So – that's my, uh, we're going to weave these things in as we go, just so you won't have to hear all the thank yous at once. Um, but it is now my pleasure to bring up James Vesugi, who is uh, one of our uh, great partners with J.P. Morgan Chase. Um, they were instrumental in this project. As some of you know, this is a modular development. Um, hard to find bankers that are willing to go near this one. They came remarkably close. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. And... And uh, James has been a great partner to us, and I want to bring him up to say a few words. Thank you, Doug. And this is so exciting to see all of these people. I was waiting in a, a line to get outside, and we need more of that. We need more of that excitement. So it's so great to see this many people here, this many excited people for this work. Um, but as Doug mentioned, James Vasugi, uh, Executive Director at Chase, um, we're here today as the lender and the tax credit investor, and we're a proud partner to Mercy and ECS on such a critical, and you heard the term, game-changing community for the city of San Francisco. It's not too often I'm asked to speak, and I'm really left speechless, but it's not too often a beautiful project like 1064 Mission comes along to show us what's possible, to show us what's possible when so many different groups who you're hearing from today come together and get creative with a vision in mind, a vision of getting folks into a safe, and stable place to call home with all the services they need to start the next chapter, chapter of their life and living a happy and healthy lifestyle. But the impact of 1064 Mission is having on this community isn't all that leaves me speechless. No, it's the team behind the project that leaves me speechless as well. Doug mentioned some of them, but I'll mention them again. Sharon Christensen and Barbara Guaco, Evelyn Perdomo now as well at Mercy as well as Rebecca Gigi from ECS. These are incredible individuals who work tirelessly to bring the vision of 1064 Mission to life, and I have been honored to work alongside them on it. And there is another individual who is a friend to all of us, who many of you know, and who is a perfect reflection of what 1064 Mission is, and that person is Liz Pocock, who poured everything she had. She deserves a round of applause. But Liz poured everything she had into this project and into everything she worked on. So thank you, Sharon, Barbara, Evelyn, Rebecca, and everyone else, and a special thank you to Liz, truly, thank you. But financing and investing in pro a project like 1060 of our mission isn't easy, and it involved many, solving many challenges through the closing and construction process, but not figuring out how to solve those challenges was never an option because at Chase, we are committed to this work. We are committed to this beautiful city. We are committed to Mercy and ECS and the tremendous people behind their communities. And we are committed to 1064 Mission and communities just like it and everything they represent and being a solution to making sure everyone has a safe and stable place to call home. So to everyone here today, again, thank you for being here and thank you for your efforts in supporting the creation of more affordable housing. All right. Uh, with that, I want to bring up our next speaker. Um, I, I feel like we always have to do a small infomercial at all these events so you understand how this stuff gets paid for and that you know how to talk to the people that you, you send to Washington about the importance of it. So 
lots of different sources of funding. Um, the one that's the most obscure to people outside of affordable housing is the Low-Income Housing Tax Credit Program, which is an Only in America program um, supported by Republicans and Democrats, which means it's horribly inefficient but incredibly important. Uh, and um, and it, it is the backbone of all the affordable housing that we really build throughout the country. So it's an incredibly important program. Uh, it's, 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 it's in much need of being expanded here in California. Um, and I'll just say in advance, because I know Gustavo's gonna talk in a little bit, along with the state funds and the local dollars that make this work from the Mayor's Office of Housing and HSH, as well as the incredible investment by the city and the clinic, um, many, many different types of funders came together to make this happen, which is one of the reasons why it's so challenging to build affordable housing. Um, but we are really blessed um, to have some people in the field that really understand this work. They seek out or at least go willingly on the harder projects. Whenever we have something really hard, we, we turn to Todd Fabian from the National Equity Fund because we know he is um, a straight shooter and able to really make, us, make these projects work. And so I want to bring up a great friend of Mercy Housing, Todd Fabian. Thank you, Doug, and uh, hello, everybody. And yeah, I always love to get that call from, well, Barbara, who, who recently retired, that she has a special project for, for National Equity Fund. And if this is special, then I will do every, every deal, Doug, that you call me on. So we're really excited to be here, really excited to be part of this team. We've worked with ECS and Mercy over the years and enjoy the, the relationship. Um, this is our largest investment we've ever made in the city of San Francisco. It's, I think it's over $60 million of tax credit equity, and I couldn't have done it without a partner, and it is J.P. Morgan Chase on the other side of this, so they're not only providing the construction, they're gonna be the long-term investor in this project. And thank you, James, for all of your assistance in getting that, getting that done. Um, but yeah, in the end, we, we do this every day, we do the hard work for the residents, and uh, we look forward to uh, seeing this thing last longer than I'm here, so thank you. Thanks. And Doug, Doug mentioned the role of so many different agencies, including uh, agencies of the federal government. And so I'd now like to introduce uh, Suki Khan from the General Services Administration, who was a big help. Thank you and good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Great. Well, it is an incredible honor to be here with you today uh, as the uh, regional administrator for U.S. Um, you know, uh, as, I mean, uh, U.S. Uh, General Services Administration. I'm on the job 30 days, so please bear with me, okay? <laughs> uh, GSA, along with 18 federal partner agencies, make up the U.S. Interagency Council on Homelessness. The council's sole mission is focused on preventing and ending the homelessness in America, and that is the truth. This can be achieved when the government and community work together as we did today. The land we stand on today was originally acquired by the U.S. government for the possible expansion of the Browning U.S. courthouse, the home of the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. In 2016, in collaboration with the Court of Appeals, GSA determined that the expansion was not needed and this property became Access Federal Real Estate. GSA reached out to the Department of Health and Human Services and Housing and Urban Development, fellow members of the Interagency Council, to explore the possibility of transferring the property to a local government or qualified nonprofit um, you know, through the McKinney-Vento Act. This act, allows the federal government to transfer property ownership at no cost if it is for housing and services for the homeless. And so the city and county of San Francisco were able to take ownership of this mid-market, very high prime real estate. They partnered with uh, ECS and Mercy Housing to create a new dream for local housing and now we celebrate this dream being realized. Regional commission, well, at this time, uh, there are many people that who are very instrumental in making this happen, and I'd like to take a moment to recognize a few of the GSA staff who directly worked on this transfer. 
Regional Commissioner Dan Brown, Real Property Disposal Director David Hasse, Disposal Project Manager Anita Lee, San Francisco Service Center Director Jason Cawthorn, and Regional Chief Architect Maria Ciprazo have been a, an integral part of this project from its very beginning. Well, as you know, without their effort, we wouldn't be here today. So congratulations, Mayor Breed, Supervisor Dorsey, Mr. Giesland, Mr. Shoemaker, and all who worked tirelessly with us to make this day happen. But above all, to the new residents of this beautiful building, welcome home. Thank you. Thank you, Suki. Another important federal government agency that helped in this is the Department of Housing and Urban Development, and I'd like to ask Jason Pooh from HUD to uh, say a few words. All right, good morning. <laughs> Thank you. It was warmed up by my, my friend and uh, fellow regional administrator over here. So I am I'm Jason Poo, HUD Regional Administrator for HUD Region 9, which covers the great states of Arizona, California, Hawaii, and Nevada. I haven't said anything yet, so. Um, but, but also the outer Pacific Islands. Uh, it's an absolute honor and pleasure to serve in this role and to be here on behalf of HUD Secretary Marsha L. Fudge, particularly at this crucial time in our region's history. I'm a former mayor and council member and a former business attorney with experience in real estate, corporate, finance, and venture capital. So it's my goal to align all levels of government, federal, state, local, and tribal, and the public and private sectors to address our homelessness and housing affordability crises throughout the region. I want to thank uh, Governor Newsom and his team and the state of California and Mayor Breed and um, all of the regional and local stakeholders for their hard work in moving this development from surplus property to home for more than 250 residents, uh, the largest permanent supportive housing project in the city of San Francisco. And as HUD Secretary Fudge repeatedly says, housing is a fundamental right, and everyone deserves to have a safe, stable, uh, safe and stable place to call home. To those who were formerly unhoused and unsheltered and now will have the safety, stability, and security of four walls and a roof, and a key to a door you can lock, congratulations. This is a long journey, I'm sure, but you know we are uh, doing um, everything that we can to house as many of our houseless neighbors as we possibly can. This development is also a great example of how effective public and private uh, partnerships can be when the public and private sectors work together. I sat at a philanthropic roundtable on homelessness in Los Angeles just two weeks ago that we are all in this together. No single entity, level of government, or private partner can do it alone. It's going to take all of us working together to house our unhoused neighbors, provide the wraparound services that are needed, and get them onto a better pathway like the permanent supportive housing project you see here today. Our common cause is to provide all residents with access to affordable, safe, and secure housing, and to be able to do so with equity, dignity, and respect. These collaborations should remain foundational in our mission as we continue to build and maintain affordable housing and to be responsive and respectful to our residents and to be good partners to each other and to our communities. HUD remains eager to continue building upon these successful partnerships with state and local agencies. Through House America, the Biden-Harris administration is deploying a housing-first approach using American uh, Rescue, American Rescue Plan Act funding, and other resources to help individuals find a place called home. I'm proud to see that San Francisco continues to lead in our efforts to get people off the streets and into homes. And I want to thank Mayor Breed and her team for their leadership and partnership in being one of the first mayors to sign, uh, to sign on to House America in the country. And congratulations to the city and county of San Francisco for meeting and exceeding its House America goals. <laughs> Seriously, uh, you know, a, a lot of progress has been made and we continue to build on that progress. As Secretary Fudge says, we will continue to work to house America until we end homelessness as we know it. 
Under the American Rescue Plan and House America, the Biden-Harris administration has deployed an historic level of federal resources into communities to address homelessness. In particular, House America's 105 communities have received technical support to expand interim, transitional, and permanent supportive housing opportunities and federal resources under the American Rescue Plan, including more than 20,000 emergency housing vouchers and more than $1.5 billion in home ARP funding from HUD nationwide. Another $65 billion in state and local fiscal recovery funds was also provided under the American Rescue Plan to states, cities, and counties throughout the nation from the U.S. Department of Treasury. All of this sparked renewed momentum and greater deployment of, avail of available resources, including resources under the CARES Act and regular annual appropriations for the creation of these types of housing solutions. And we intend to continue building on that momentum. Last year, HUD Secretary Fudge served as chair of the 19 agency, United States Interagency Council on Homelessness, or USICH. And just last month, USICH released its all-in federal strategic plan to prevent and end homelessness. This plan sets forth President Biden's goal of reducing homelessness by 25% by 2025. And as a part of its effort to permanently house people, USICH, with support from HUD and, the, and, uh, and other agencies throughout the, uh, throughout the city and county, have reduced veteran, home, veteran homelessness by 11% since 2020, and uh, I think family homelessness by another 8% uh, since 2020 as well. Decades of underinvestment in housing and services have created a tall and steep mountain to climb. But we have, in fun, we have in fact begun climbing that mountain together. With the intergovernmental partnerships and that we have formed through the American Rescue Plan, House America, and now the all-in federal strategic plan on homelessness, and the public-private partnerships like the ones that have made this project here today possible, I'm confident that we can and will climb this mountain together and make tangible and measurable progress on homelessness and housing affordability. Thank you, sir. I, I will take it. I will take that. <laughs> but I just want to finish with by saying it will take sustained, sustained funding and consistent effort by everyone. We must continue to take advantage of the opportunities that we have before us, the once-in-a-generation opportunities that we have before us. So thanks again to all of our partners, both public and private, for your ongoing collaboration in housing our homeless, improving our housing supply, and providing equitable access to housing for all of our residents. And thanks for the opportunity to speak here today. It's my pleasure. Thank you. It's now my pleasure to introduce uh, Gustavo Velasquez, a former HUD colleague and director of the California Housing and Community Development Department, which has also been instrumental in making this project happen. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Buenos dias. Uh, I bring greetings from um, Governor Gavin Newsom. Uh, I come here today to offer tremendous thanks to the city of San Francisco. So, the partnership here is so broad and deep, right? I mean, amazing partners, development partners, Mercy, uh, those tremendous, um, amazing, spectacular, really, projects, Episcopal Community Services, the city, um, the state, the Biden administration, just a terrific partnership and one of the things that uh, we need to celebrate today is the fact that in this landmark um, location, we've had 258 units um, slated for formerly homeless persons. I want to highlight, though, 127 of these homes that are set aside for people uh, exiting homelessness and also in need of mental health services. Now, uh, let me say it is wrong, it's actually dead wrong, to purely associate the challenge of homelessness with addiction and mental health challenges. There's certainly a segment of the homelessness population that is confronting this. But it is important to keep saying this time and time again, the number one cause of why the crisis of homelessness is so rampant in California is that we are way, way falling short of deeply affordable housing. That is truly the number one reason why we are where we are. And the fact that we have 127 units, 258 in total, serving formerly homeless persons here in the city of San Francisco is very, very important. Now, the state came into this partnership thanks to uh, a program that the voters approved, uh, bond dollars, to address 
again, the suffering of those experiencing homelessness and confronting mental health challenges. It's a program my department administers, uh, and we're pleased to partner with you through it. The program is called No Place Like Home, and it's kind of bittersweet news because No Place Like Home actually has ended. That's a good talking point for your public hearing in Sacramento on Monday. Uh, don't repeat, I said that because I can't uh, go against the governor's budget, but, <laughs> but it, is, it is a terrific program that started in 2016. Uh, we have invested, supported this project with $27 million, but uh, over, the last, over the last four years, the city of San Francisco has benefited from this program with 90 one million dollars, uh, one of seven projects that are in different stages of development. For 1064 Mission, the city was the very first, something many people won't know, it meant the very first jurisdiction in this program to draw down no place like home dollars. You know, it was literally a matter of weeks after the contract was signed that the funds were drawn. And we're so happy that we are here celebrating that accomplishment today. In totality, the No Place Like Home program statewide has contributed to more than 250 projects. Let me say that, 18,000 units. 18,000 units during the last five years. That together with another very important state program, you may have heard of it, Home Key, together with No Place Like Home, totals 30,000 units for interim and permanent uh, housing solutions for people experiencing homelessness. Now, two caveats, though. Not all these units are online. There are at different stages, but we're so glad with this one. They're actually, we're welcoming already residents. And the second caveat is something the governor talks a lot about. There's no, no way for us to claim victory. There is um, still a lot of work to do, but rest assured that the Newsom administration, the Biden administration, the city of San Francisco, and many other localities across the state are working tirelessly every day to ameliorate, hopefully one day eradicate, the challenge of homelessness. And I will end my remarks with this. Where there is a will, there is a way. And I say that because I don't want to take away, take away anything celebratory about what brings us together, but a lot more has happened, Mayor, in the last 24 hours. A lot more has happened in the last supervisor. A lot more has happened. There, when there is a will, there is a way. Local jurisdictions is where housing is entitled, is approved. Uh, there's no time to spare. We are 2.5 million homes short in the state of California. It requires local governments to expeditiously identify sites, rezone for more housing, increase the parcels in affluent areas to build more housing. And that's why I'm saying if there is a will, there is a way. I am pleased to end my remarks by saying that this morning the state of California has fully certified, thanks to London Breen, thanks to the city, thanks to those supporting this in the Board of Supervisors, fully certified the housing element of the city of San Francisco for the next eight years. And yes. And with this, we look forward to continuing partnering with the city, Madam Mayor, to meet that goal, tremendous goal of 82,000 units, including units like this, deeply affordable homes, homes for the homeless for the next eight years. So thank you very much to all the partnership. Great accomplishment. Thanks, Gustavo. Great news and uh, great partnership and a lot of wonderful numbers. And as, as uh, to, to look at this from another point of view, the point of view of the people that we're trying to help and support, the most vulnerable in our community, who was quoted in today's um, Chronicle article, if any of you read it, are the first resident move-in of this facility has agreed to say a few words. Michael Jackson. Hello. Good morning, everyone. How you doing, Doc? I, uh, my name is Michael Jackson, and I was, yes, the first resident in the, uh, the building here. 
And that's why I, that's the reason why I was chosen to give you guys a different perspective on how it is to live here and what the type of things that they're doing and the positive things they're doing. I, um, I'm from San Francisco, born and raised, educated here, um, City College, State University, engineering major, on the fast track, you know, and I, um, I had a little bit too much on my plate, and I, um, things happened to all of us, all of us, and I, uh, hey, and I, um, <clears throat> yeah, I got caught up in the mix there, and I, 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 I uh, in and out of programs and things, you know, and I kind of blew a big time career, blew it. You know, I can't blame anyone else. So I said, well, in these programs here, I can do the counseling thing, right? I can do the counseling thing, you know? So I, 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 I pursued it, substance abuse counseling and health education. And it was totally different than engineering. Engineering is technology. Social sciences is different. You know, it's a different set of classes, curriculum, the whole nine. Nonetheless, I met some 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 people along the way that kind of helped me out and guided me. One right there, Dr. Jones. Hey, Doc. Yeah. Anyways, anyways, I I I, I pursued the counseling thing. And I was like, wow, I'm going to be the Michael Jordan of counseling here, man. I'm going for this. I'm kicking down doors, buddy. And Doc was telling me, Mike, slow down. Man. <laughs> so I, um, I, I, I did kind of good there for a while. I did pretty good. I was at Walden House, Baker Places. I uh, actually ended up at Kaiser Permanente in Oakland. And um, the coronavirus thing hit. And I was doing um, outpatients. I was out in the field. But my, my thing is residential. And I was kind of like out of my water. Make a long story shorter. I, uh, again, had too much time on my hands and a little bit too much bread, I mean money. And uh, I, uh, I, 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 I relapsed. I fell off. And it took about two years to get to where I am now. And... Uh, well, three, actually. And uh, a friend of mine recommended that I was sleeping on the streets, sleeping in my car in East Oakland. And a friend of mine recommended that I come to the city. He uh, just retired from Glide. So I came over here, and I got into a substance-in-place program. I mean, shelter-in-place, I'm sorry. And, oh, man. So I got there, and they put me up in a hotel. And from there, I said, wait, over here. I was the first resident here. And um, when I got here, I was like, well, at the shelter in place, they give you food, they wash your clothes, and that sort of thing. It's not so much of an independent living situation. However, here, here is a supportive living situation as opposed to giving you a handout. You know, you, you have an opportunity now to start experiencing some type of independence you know, some type of um, responsibility or ownership of your own thing. You know, that, that's what that's what us homeless folks need, especially some of us that were halfway high achievers. We don't want to be stigmatized as a homeless bum dude. You know what I mean? So I, I use the street vernacular as well, but, you know. <laughs> Anyways, I, so when I got here, it was like, this is your home. This is your home here. We're here to support you in whatever it is. We're not going to give you a, a treatment plan per se. What we're going to do is help you reach your goals. We're going to make it conducive to you to become a viable member again in society. We have fellowship here. We have a great staff. Great staff, always available. Always available. Jonathan's my main man. Where is he? There he is. That's my man, yeah. And old Zach over there, he's with the youth, uh, Rocky Youth, right, Zach? Yeah, he used to be one of my clients. Yeah. Anyways, I, uh, this has been a pretty good experience. Um, 
living here. And I plan to use this as a hand up as opposed to a handout. Because I want to get back into doing what I love to do, and that is helping people. But first, I got to help this person. See, I got to get this person in a position to be an example or to be qualified and, 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 and ready to help someone, you know. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the culinary school to open up. A lot of people come over to San Francisco because of the supportive services, okay? And um, this, is a, this is a shining example of this, this, this program here or this residence here is, is, is a shining example of the type of good things that San Francisco is doing as far as the homeless uh, situation, you know? And uh, I want to I be a part of that solution. I uh, I think I think Doc gave me a pretty good head start, so I wanna I wanna I wanna I wanna I wanna get back. Doc, you gotta get me man. Anyways, everybody, this is a beautiful place. There's a lot of wonderful human beings here, and I enjoy it tremendously. Keep donating. Thank you. Thank you so much, Michael. Really appreciate it. And uh, to, to wind up our speakers, I'd like to introduce our mayor, London Breed, who's here with us today. Hello, everyone. Like the famous Michael Jackson, I, too, was born and raised in San Francisco. And I was born and raised in the Fillmore community where... The community really took care of one another. But sadly, we saw a lot of change. And in fact, the public housing development I was living in, Plaza East, those buildings were torn down. And there were over three, a little bit over 300 units. And they were torn down, and only 200 were built. It was clear that many of the people who I grew up with who were moved to places like Vallejo and Fairfield and other locations, it was clear that there were no plans to ensure that they were able to return to their home. And when I think about the challenges of the past and what San Francisco has done to make it very difficult to build housing and to be very aggressive about providing housing opportunities, I am always reminded of my own experience as a way to ensure that we don't do that for the future. We know that homelessness and the challenges around affordability for housing in this city have continued to persist, mostly because of our inability to build more housing and provide opportunities for people like myself, like Michael Jackson, who were born and raised here, and who may have gone through challenges and who may not have the income necessary to provide themselves with the dignity that they deserve. So that's why this is so important. The work that we are doing in San Francisco is so important. You know, people point the finger and criticize our city, but over the last two years, we created over 3,000 new placements for people who were living on the streets of San Francisco. And, and you didn't hear it highly publicized, but San Francisco was one of the few cities in the entire state of California that saw a 15.5% reduction in unsheltered homelessness. So while others are criticizing Mercy and Episcopal Community Services and so many of the people who work here today, you represent part of the solution. You know what it means to show up for people. You know what it means to take a federal location, a location owned by the federal government, used as a parking lot for cars, and turn it into 258 new units right where parking cars used to be. You know what that means. It means hope. It means dignity. 
It means a new opportunity to change your life for the better. And yes, it takes a village. It takes a village of not just the organizations, but the people who are choosing to work for these organizations, the people who are showing up to provide the wraparound services because sometimes it's not just about putting a roof over someone's head. Sometimes it's about a smile or an ear to listen to somebody's challenges or someone who says, I'm going to help you get your medication because I know that you have arthritis and you may not be able to walk to the pharmacy to go get it yourself. It's about having a real community that supports you and uplifts you and encourages you to ensure that you not only stay housed, but you thrive, that you're able to live a good life. So being here today is so meaningful. It's so meaningful because of the people that are going to be served because of the work that's done when we partner, when we come together, when we get rid of the bureaucratic layers that get in the way, when we focus on real solutions. This project started back in 2017. And people wonder, why is it taking so long? The project next door, 100% affordable housing for families. That took 10 years for the first family to move in. Why does it take so long when we know that so many people want to see us get it done. Well, I got to say, first of all, really, really thank you to our governor and to Gustavo and his team for the housing element and the work that we are going to do to get units built faster in San Francisco. And Jason, I want you to tell the president and the secretary Fudge how much we appreciate those vouchers that help us to provide not only housing opportunities at this location, but we've been able to place people who have never had their own apartment in San Francisco who were born and raised here. We have been able to place them all over the city and county of San Francisco because we have a president and a secretary who understands the value of what it means to provide HUD vouchers to get people housed so they could afford to live in San Francisco. So thank you so much for being here. And now with the housing element, we have an ambitious goal. Can you imagine 82,000 units were required to build in the next eight years? Do you know what 82,000 units will be able to do for not just homeless people, but the people who actually work for the various services who also can't afford to live here, the people who work for the city and county of San Francisco who can't afford here, many of the people who work in a service industry who have left the service industry because they've had to move so far out that they can't afford to live here. Can you imagine what 82,000 new units will do for our city? It will make a world of difference. The housing element certification is only the first step. We are going to need you, Supervisor Dorsey, and your colleagues on the Board of Supervisors, because they're going to have to push policies that will make them uncomfortable. It'll make them uncomfortable because other places in San Francisco will say, well, we don't want that to happen in our neighborhood. Well, we need to make it happen all over the city. We're not changing the beauty and the character of neighborhoods in San Francisco because we value that. But we need to be open-minded and creative and realistic about the need to get rid of bureaucracy. This city has over 50,000 units that have already been entitled and need to move forward fast. We have over 30,000 units awaiting approval. This can make a real difference if we're aggressive, if we move the mountains out of the way in order to move forward because people like Michael Jackson and the people who live here at 1064 Mission, they are counting on us. They are counting on us to make real change. They are counting on us to get rid of the bureaucracy. They're counting on us to work together and to put their lives before the politics that get in the way of our ability to move these projects forward. So all of you who are here today, get ready. <laughs> get ready. If, you, if your heart is full for what was done with this project today, then just imagine if we're doing this every single week in San Francisco for families all over the city. It will make the world of difference. This is the thing I value the most, creating opportunities. 
providing a safe, affordable place for people to call home. And everyone here has played a role in making that possible. So we appreciate you all for being here. Thank you to the residents for letting us invade your space for just a little while. Thank you so much to all the workers, to all the people for the village that created this beautiful place. Thank you so much. All right, so before we close, we just have a few more folks to, a few more folks to acknowledge. I want to acknowledge our good friends at Cahill and Factory OS, um, Steve, Bob, Susie from Herman Colliver Locus and Lowney Architects. Um, uh, the fantastic art. I, I hope all of you got a chance to see the art on the way in and also the art on Stevenson. So uh, you hopefully have a copy of this on the way in. If you didn't grab it, Rosana Castrillo, a good friend. Uh, Dave Young Kim, Leah Rosenberg, and Michael Arcega. I hope I said that right, Michael. Um, thank you for enlivening this space with such beauty. I, it is one of the most beautiful buildings I've seen in a long time, and we really want to appreciate that. I um, want to acknowledge our good friends at the Department of Public Health and the Maria X. Martinez uh, Health Resource Center. There was an opening for, for that about a week ago, and Maria was a very important person for the Mission District, but also the work around homelessness in our city. And then... Lastly, um, Keith and I wanted to just close, and James mentioned it already, but Liz Pocock um, is one of the main reasons this building's here. For those of you that don't know Liz, she worked, she's done many things in her life, as we discovered at a memorial. Um, actress um, turned, turned housing and homelessness uh, uh, whirlwind. I don't even know how to describe it. Um, she's here with, she's joined here by her, or we're, we're joined by her, her partner, uh, Whitney, Jones, who also is a part of our affordable housing community, and I see lots of other friends here who uh, want us to remember Liz. Um, she poured her heart into this building, and she poured her heart into just about anything that worked on this topic. Um, she was both a, an amazing human being and an amazing professional, and is one of the main reasons why Mercy and ECS have such an incredible and storied um, relationship. So... You want to say a few words? Well, you know, you, I, I think you, you said it all, but it, I, what I would say is either this wouldn't exist or more likely would not exist in anything like its present form uh, were it not for Liz's thoughtfulness and focus on the design elements of this, which are, are I, as I hope you've heard today, truly remarkable in terms of supportive housing. This, is, um, this isn't just... Uh, a safe and comfortable place for um, over 200 people, uh, 200 of our most vulnerable neighbors. Uh, this is, I think, the next generation of permanent supportive housing. This is, I'm a techie, permanent supportive housing 2.0, okay? <laughs> and working together, we can do this again and again and thank you for this, and please, let's do it again. Thank you. All right, that, thanks, Keith. And that concludes our formal ceremony for folks.